name's Caleb State, and I'm one of the, the 180 pastors here at Union Chapel, so I get the privilege of working alongside Cole and, and working with our middle school and high school students uh, here at the church. But before I, I really kind of dive into the message and everything that I think God has for us today, I just want to pause and pray, because I know I don't care what I have to say, but I just want God to work to, today. And I know that we don't want our words to just be heard, we want God's word to be heard. And so I just, if you'd bow your heads real quick, God, I just I want to pray today. I pray that the blood of Jesus would be over this room right now. I pray that the enemy would be silenced in, in each of our lives so that as we, as we get into the word, that your word would get into us. As we, as we look for truth, that truth would, would surface. That when we have, have questions in our life, I pray that, that you'd begin to answer them. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd flood over this room, that if, if somebody's never experienced the love of, of God, I pray that right now they'd feel it in a tangible way. God, I just pray that you'd speak through me. I, I surrender all to your name, and it's in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, I love being a part of this church. And this is why I really love being a part of Union Chapel. It's because uh, we all just have a, a kingdom mindset. It's not about, we don't just want to come to church to go through the motions. We really want to see what can we do for the kingdom of God. And so I love when Pastor Greg, he's in staff meeting, he goes, every decision that we ever make, we ask a couple questions. We say, what is God doing in the world? Where is he doing it? And how can we be a part of it? What is God doing in the world, and how can we be a part of it? Man, that, that fires me up, and that's the, that's the very core of, uh, of who we are here at Union Chapel. And so for the last few years, we've been uh, saying, hey, God, what are you doing, and where are you doing it? And he's really pushing, we believe, in church planting, because we believe that, that church planting is the single best way to reach people with the love of Jesus. And so we've been just embarking on that journey just by faith, and God has just been providing. And so churches are just being planted all around the country in our state, and God's just been, been able to work incredibly. And so you're probably wondering, where the heck is Pastor Greg this morning? Well, he's down in Florida. Oh, boo him. Uh, he's in Florida at Gulfside Church in Cape Coral, Florida, one of the church plants. And they have just been reaching so many people. People are getting baptized. People are coming to know the Lord. And they are, are reaching a whole community for the name of Jesus. And so he's down there. He's firing them up. He's encouraging them. He's saying, hey, just keep going. Keep going because there's more to be had. There's more for the kingdom. And so you know he's pretty fiery about that. That's, that's something that's so awesome. And so we are privileged just to be a part of what God is doing. But I know God's doing things all around the world, but he's definitely working this morning. <laughs> and so I hope you, you guys are ready for that. Cole, uh, Pastor Cole, I like to call him Pastor Cole because it frustrates him. It's too formal, he says. So Pastor Cole last week was, was talking about uh, our identity. We're in our series, My Name is Blank. And we're, the, the main thing we're trying to go, go for last week is, hey, all of us have so many negative thoughts, are just bombarding ourselves with negative thoughts after negative thoughts. I'm not good. Uh, we define ourselves by our sin. But we wanted to make the jump instead of saying, I'm, I'm not going to be defined by who I think I am. I want to be known by what God says I am, by the way he sees me. And here, here's the way God sees you. He doesn't see you as a sinner because Jesus came to earth. He died on the cross and was raised again. We have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And so when, when, when God looks at this room today, he doesn't look at a bunch of sinners. He sees a bunch of uh, sons and daughters. 
People who are, are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And so when we walk into a room and we define ourselves by our sin, we're, if God doesn't define us by our sin, why should we? <laughs> and so we want to make, make that jump and say, listen, I want to call myself by who God says I am. And so God calls us each by name, and it's so uh, just amazing to do. And so today we're kind of going into the, the second step. Now that we know our identity, we know who God says we are, what do we do? <laughs> What do we do now? And so I think we got some, some great things from Scripture. And so I just want to dive, dive right in. And so our custom at Union Chapel is to stand uh, when we read God's Word. So if you could stand as you're able, I'm going to read Luke chapter 7, 1 through 10, the faith of the centurion. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I think God's got some great things for us in that scripture today, you can go ahead and be seated. One of, my, one of my favorite things just as a pastor is just being able to talk one-on-one with people. I have people that come into my office or we go get lunch or coffee. I don't really like coffee, but I do it for them. And so I, I sit, you know, across from them and we're just talking about life. And I, it's one of, my, one of my favorite things to do. And so as I'm just like talking today, we're just pretending that we're just a couple friends out to lunch talking about what God is doing uh, in your life. And so if we're, if we're talking uh, to each other, I wanna, I'm gonna, if I'm going to talk for 25 minutes straight and not let you respond, I'm going to tell you the point. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the point. Here's the point. Our identity gives us authority. That's, that's what I want to I tell you today. If we're just sitting together, our identity gives us authority. Because when you start to see yourself the way that God sees you, he sees you as a son and daughter of God, you begin to, to notice that you have just been, been sabotaging yourself from all the blessings that God has. Because we're actually in the family of God. We get to participate. And when you are in a family, you get the blessings of that family. You get to partake in everything that the family has. And so we're taking the step from just saying, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Listen, I know, I was a sinner. I was saved by the grace of God. He died on the cross for me and was raised again. But now because of that, I get to walk in the power of Jesus because he, he was raised from the dead. And so he, I am no longer defined by my sin. I'm defined by who God says me. And he says that I'm in his family. And so I get to walk with the power and authority of his family because he's God Almighty, he's the creator of heaven and earth. And so we get to walk in that family. That's pretty exciting news, isn't it? That we get to participate in that power. We get the blessings of that family. This past uh, Christmas, you know, everybody's got family, family gatherings. Well, I just, one, 
uh, day we were going to my, my state and family Christmas. And so we're going there to, just to do the family thing. And before we uh, open presents or play games, the, the, they're real competitive on that side. And so I think that's where I get it from, <laughs> my kind of my competitive edge. And so I, we're, we're, before we do any of that, we always take time to just, somebody in the family leads a little devotional and we just kind of remember what, what God's been doing in our family. And so this is just a really, really great time and, and people are sharing this year and it was just real touching. And then my, my grandparents begin to speak up. And so whenever any of my grandparents uh, talk, my grandparents are over there. And so when they talk, I listen. But, when, but I was on this side of the family. So when they talk, I, I'm listening because, man, they got wisdom. And so they begin to talk and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. But my grandma, she, she's looking in front of us. She has her whole family uh, sitting in front of her, she has her, her kids and her grandkids and her great-grandkids, and she, she, you can just see that they're feeling really blessed. And it was really cool, and she looks at all of us, she says, man, I'm so blessed to have my children here, and my children are all following Jesus, and I'm, I'm so blessed to have all my grandchildren in, in the room. And I'm uh, so blessed to have my great-grandchildren in the room. But, but you know, guys, you know what I'm most blessed about? It's that God doesn't have grandchildren. God doesn't have grandchildren. Because here, here's the thing. You might think, oh, wow, I, I'm, I hear you, Caleb, that we're in the family of God. I, I, the son and daughter part I don't really get. I might feel a little bit better if I was just a distant cousin. <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably like that fourth, fourth uh, cousin that lives in Arkansas and you never see them. That's, that's really what I think a lot of us would prefer to be. But no, the reality is we're not distant. We're not grandchildren. We're not great-grandchildren. We are sons and daughters. God doesn't have grandchildren. We are all direct descendants of the Father himself because we have been adopted into the family of God. And when you are adopted into the family, you get all the rights of that family. And when you have... Thanks, Jimmy. When you, when you get... So you get the blessing. We all, have, we all have the blessing. And so we get to walk in that. So I'm talking about authority. Something that we all have. And it's, I want you to understand that I'm not talking about, oh, once you learn your identity, now you can have authority. No, you each have authority in your life. And I'm not telling you how to get it. I'm telling you how to tap into it. How, how, the authority, if you're in the family, if you said yes to Jesus, you're no, you're, you know that you're a son and a daughter of God, you can now begin to tap into the authority that God gives to each and every one of his children, direct descendants. And so today I just want to, how, how do we do that? What can we do with authority? You know, we're just, we're just chatting over coffee or lunch. How, you, Caleb, how do we do that? Thanks for asking, I appreciate it. What can you do with authority? That's the question you guys just asked. Okay, Caleb, I know my identity. What can I do with this authority, though? Let me tell you what Jesus says. You can do anything that he did and more. You can do anything that Jesus did and more. That's, yeah, that's huge. That's, that's so big. And now don't take my word for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you what Jesus said himself. John 14, 12 through 14 Jesus is talking here. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus is talking there. 
Those are Jesus' words. He, he looks at you. And, and, and when I read this passage, it fires me up because I'm thinking, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go do the things that Jesus did, and then we'll do some more. But then at the same time, it makes me really uncomfortable because I go, this doesn't make sense. Because I love to read scripture when it makes sense with my life, but it gets real uncomfortable when we begin to read scripture and it doesn't make sense. Because I don't know about you, I don't feel like I've really been doing a ton of things that Jesus has been doing, and definitely not anything more. But Jesus says, you will do the works I've been doing and more. And so I think so many of us are, are coming in here with questions, and, and we've been told by the church, like, just hold on to those questions, trust Jesus. No, I think Jesus wants you to go after the questions, because I believe there's an answer for everything in the kingdom. There is an answer, and we, and we don't want to just suppress the questions, we want to go after it. And so when we read scripture and it doesn't line up with our life, we shouldn't just push on past it, we should try to embrace it, sit down there, soak in it. Feel the uncomfortableness. That's what, that's what God wants us to do. And there's a, a few things that, that makes us uncomfortable about that. Number one, we, we, how many people, we've just been praying for people. Well, I want to pray. There's somebody close to you that you've prayed healing for them, and they haven't been healed. You've been praying to God, God, please, if you could just do one thing, I'll never ask for the rest of my life. Just do this, and nothing happens. There's frustration and I, I know each and every one of us has that frustration about, God, you just, I feel like you haven't held up to what you've been saying. And so we just get so confused. But here's what I want you to know. When you, when you have questions and you're going through, it's okay to have, I want you to have so many questions because I want God to give you the answers. And so when you have questions, attack it. But here's what I need you to know, because I've been searching for a lot of questions or answers to questions. Here's what you need to know if you want to go through it. Number one, you have to know who you are. You gotta know that your identity. You gotta know that you aren't defined by your sin, that you are good enough, that God has called you, that he has given you a purpose, that he loves you and he calls you by your greatness, not by your sin. The other thing you gotta know is you gotta know who God is. You gotta know that he is good, that he is just, that he is right, that he loves you, that he loves what you love more than you love it, and he wants what you want more than you want it. When you, when you know who you are and you know who God is, then you get into this, the muck is what I'll call it. Just the questions, the concerns, the things that we all have. And so when you begin to walk through those and you know who you are and you know who God is, you will begin to find the answers you've been looking for. But if you start weeding through the muck and you're saying, I don't, I don't know if God's really real, well, you'll probably end up walking away. And you'll be frustrated and disappointed. And, and I know there's people in the room today, but there is hope. God, God wants to give us uh, so, so many answers and he wants us to work in our life because we have authority. The other thing that I think trips people up is like the greater things than Jesus, like you'll do greater things. I didn't say it, Jesus did, so blame him. Uh, Jesus says you'll do greater things. Well, I'm not greater than Jesus. Like Jesus is up here and I'm, I'm kind of down here. Well, that's not what he thinks. That's not what he said. That's, that's not a product of a devotion to God. That's a product of identity theft. You don't know who you are. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't, he didn't stay on the cross. He died and was raised again, and now he's stand, standing on his throne, sitting on his throne with power. And he's given that to each and every one of us. So it's not, woe is me. It's like, hey, come on, here we go. Let's go, let's go do it right now. I need somebody that, that's going to go on my behalf. That we're, I want to I walk beside you. 
and, and do some miraculous things in your life. That's what Jesus wants. And we just got to take hold. We just got to begin to tap into it. I remember when I was a junior at, at Ball State, and this, I began to read this, and I, I'd always kind of grown up in the church, and I had these questions. I kind of was suppressing it. And then finally one day I look at this and I say, my life does not reflect what Jesus said it should. That's an issue. And it's usually not an issue with him. It's an issue with me. And so I'm, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to go do the things that Jesus did. I don't know how to do it. But I, gosh, I'm going to do it because that's what Jesus said. And so I start to go through and I think, of what, is, what has Jesus done? Well, he, he raised people from the dead. Wow, that's a big one. Uh, <laughs> began to, to, to drive out demons. Ah, that's freaky. Uh, well, let, let me just start with praying for people's healing. Like, I'll just start there. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to start praying for people until they get healed. Because Jesus got to know that I'm in it. I want to be a player and he can use me. So I'm just going to go and pray for people and, I hope, and I'm going to hope he shows up. Instead of just praying for people and like, okay, thank you. That's what we all do. Oh, I'll pray for you. Like, no, I'm going to pray for something to happen. That God, God does work that way. And even if I don't see it, I'm going to act like it. that's the way it is. And he's going to show up. And so I just begin to pray for people. And nothing's happening. And nothing is happening. And nothing is happening. And I'm saying, you better show up because I'm going to keep going. I'll pray for 200 people. And you, someday you're going to heal somebody. Because I'm not going to, walking by faith means you have to walk forward. You can't wait and hope that God gives you the answer. Some days you just have to walk without any understanding. I didn't have any understanding, but I knew what God wanted me to do, so I'm going to just go ahead and do it. So I start praying for people and praying for people. And so I'm, I'm on the, the baseball team playing there, and people have so many injuries on sports teams, <laughs> it's unreal. So I begin to just, all my teammates are getting injuries, so I'm praying for this person and praying for that person and praying for this person. And, you know, they're all, bless them. They were great teammates for me, just letting me practice on them. And so nothing's happening. They, the, great, the great thing is, though, when you pray for somebody, they don't usually expect anything to happen either, so they, it's usually a positive thing. I'll just give you, give you that tip. So I'm praying for people, and, and they, they, they're loving it. And finally, one day, I prayed for one of my teammates, and something happened. <laughs> And they, and they were healed, and it, it just started sparking, and I began to pray for more people, and, and, and they began to heal, and there still were people that didn't get healed, but more people were beginning to get healed. And one day we were playing a game, it was the middle of the game, one of our, our catcher rips a double, and he's running to second base, and right before he gets into to second base, he just grabs his leg and like flops on the ground, like he pulled his hamstring, or, or strained his hamstring, and he's just like falls on the base. And so they pull him out of the game, the trainers come and get him athletic trainers, and they uh, work, work with him, and then finally I walk over after they're done, I say, hey man, can I pray for you? Because <laughs> like, they probably like, this guy's nuts, but I, they, they knew my heart, and they knew that I loved him, and so I, I walk over, hey, can I pray for you? He goes, yeah, sure, and so I start praying for him, and, and you can just feel the power of God in the dugout in the middle of the game, and I'm like, wow, and he goes, he looks at me, and, and my teammate, he maybe had been following Jesus for a couple weeks, Maybe. And so he has no foundation in church. He, he, he just said, hey, I want to start following Jesus because of you. And so he did it. And so I started praying for him. So he has no idea what's going on. And he goes, yeah, I feel something. It's pretty crazy. My, my hamstring feels pretty warm right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And then the third out was made. So I had to go play defense. And so like, I couldn't finish praying for him. <laughs> I was so frustrated. So then I finally, I called him after the, the game. I said, hey, can I come over to your house? And I want to pray for you some more. He goes, sure. Like, 
that's just what they do. They let me do whatever. And so I, I went into his room and I, I say, well, man, I, I, this is what I know. I know what Jesus did this. I know we can do it. I don't really know what I'm doing either, but I know there's power in the name of Jesus. So I'm just going to say the name of Jesus and we'll believe that you are going to be healed. And so we start, I uh, start saying the name of Jesus, saying the name of Jesus, and you can just feel the faith in the room just increasing. And he's like, wow. I'm like, do you feel that? He goes, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. And I go, Wow, and then he begins to say the name of Jesus. And so we're just both in his room saying the name of Jesus. It was probably the weirdest thing if people walk by, uh, but I don't care. And so we were saying, hey, Jesus, Jesus, and then he's got his wrap on his leg. I'm like, take that off, dude, you might be healed. And so he, he takes it off, and he he's, begins to touch his go- toes, and he's like, this is way better than I've ever felt just a few minutes ago. I'm like, praise the Lord. And he made a, just a real quick recovery, and he was back playing. Well, the reason I tell the story, he ended up getting drafted. He went and played professional baseball for a little while. But he calls me on Friday, so just two days ago. He says, hey, man, I just wanted to call you. I'm like, hey, how's Florida? Because he's supposed to be at spring training and stuff like that. I'm kind of jealous. And how's that, how's that going? He goes, well, that's actually what I wanted to call you about. I'm driving home. I was like, what happened? He goes, I, I decided to retire from, from baseball. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. That's, that's tough. He goes, no, 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 no. I, I'm okay. He goes, the reason I, I called you today is because I just wanted to thank you. I'm like, for what? He goes, if I didn't know Jesus, this would be the hardest day of my life. I'd be devastated right now. He goes, but I gave up something that I was so passionate about, and I realized that there's more to life. That I'm going to go home, and I'm going to be a great dad to my son. I know that God's going to continue to use me, and I couldn't do today if I didn't have a relationship with God, and so thank you. I'm like, what? <laughs> that, that doesn't happen, but here's how it happens. When you begin to walk in authority, when you begin to walk in authority where you are, I, I decided I was going to walk in authority while I was in college. And when you begin to do that, people begin to want things because when, they, when, when people see things in you that they want, they'll follow. But I think as a church, we don't really offer any. We, don't, we act like we don't have anything. The reality is we have everything. And people should be coming up to us and saying, man, I want some of that. I want a part of that. And that's what people were doing. They just started coming up. Hey, I want to follow. That looks pretty fun. There's some power. There's, you're doing things that I've never seen before. And so when we begin to walk in that power, that's how you begin to change your workplace. That's how you begin to change your family. That's how you begin to change the world, because I believe that's deep down in every one of us. And some of us, maybe, oh, you're just young, you can change the world. No, I think God put that in each and every one of us, and we've had such terrible thinking of ourselves for so long that we forgot the dreams that God put in us. And when you get the identity back, and you begin to tap into the authority, your mind begins to dream like never before. God, God's still doing stuff, and he has dreams for you, he has dreams for me, and we want to go do it. So I want to give you just three tips as I've been going through this middle area, just as I've been, do, as I've been doing it a little bit longer, things that might help you so you don't have to just like go blindly <laughs> like I'm doing. So number one, if you want to walk uh, in authority, you will never have authority over what you do not love. You'll never have authority over what you do not love. So if, you, if you're going, I'm going to do greater things than Jesus, and you want it to like make you look cool, good luck. <laughs> You'll be disappointed. Because here's why God does miracles. He doesn't do miracles so that we're elevated. He does miracles because he loves people. 
He wants to take care of people. And so when people have needs and they have desires, he wants to meet those needs. And so we have to have the heart of the Father because we're in the family. We look alike. And as I begin to go out and I love people, that's how you, that's how you begin to grow in authority. Because all of a sudden now, you love your job. You love the people around you like Jesus does. You love your family like Jesus does. And when you begin to have, you do everything out of love, the authority just follows. So you really don't want to, you don't need to focus on anything other than, hey, am I loving people well? Am I loving the situation that God has put me in? Am I doing that well? If you're wondering what love is, I want to challenge you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. Doesn't boast. It's not proud. On and on and on and on. Read it. If you can walk through that and check it off for every person, every organization that you're in, then, then you're walking in love. And when you're walking in love, you're going to be walking in authority. The centurion, he, he, the reason Jesus did a miracle in his life, number one, because he, he had a servant who he highly favored and he wanted to be healed. He, so he goes and finds Jesus. Well, he sends Jews to Jesus to talk to Jesus. And the Jews around him told Jesus, hey, this guy really loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. He built the synagogue. He's, he's a Roman centurion. He shouldn't really be doing things for, for Jews in that culture. But he, Jesus noticed this guy loves people below him. He loves people above him. He loves people on this side of the line. He loves people on this side of the line. He is love. And so when you have that kind of love, it ushers in a miracle. It'll, it'll bring it in. It'll bring in, I think that, that's what made uh, Jesus' eyes go up. Man, this guy really loves. Okay, so that's number one. You gotta, walk, you gotta walk in love. Number two, real authority is humble. Real authority is humble. If you look at the story, the centurion doesn't actually ever talk to Jesus because he said, you're just too great for me. Now, we all know this guy is great because he has 100 soldiers underneath him. He's built the synagogue. My friend Scott is building a Five Guys in Muncie, and I think he's all that. <laughs> like, this guy's building the synagogue, and my Five Guys, love it, can't wait. So, he's a big deal. He's a, he's a huge deal. But he says, no, Jesus, you are too great. I don't even deserve to, to talk to you. Now, here's the, the, the thing. I think this one's a tough point, because we can easily con confuse humility with, like, bad identity. Real, real easy to do. So we say, oh, I'm just so bad. No. Humility doesn't say, I am bad. It says, you are greater. I'm not bad. I'm just going to treat you like you are better. And so you begin to walk through life, and you're not, like, downplaying yourself. You're actually playing up to other people and raising their self-esteem. And so, wow, you want to build authority. When you start looking at everybody like they're better than you, people want to hang around you. <laughs> It's crazy. People are drawn to you because they know that, oh, if you're not trying to get something from me. You're actually giving me something. And you'll begin to see that you, people will care what your opinion is. And they'll go on and on and on. So you want to walk in humility. And this is one thing that I don't think you got to pray about. I think you just do it. So when you're walking out of the doors, you're going to have decisions to make. And you're going to have to decide which lens you're going to look through. Are you going to look through the lens that says, what can I get? Or are you going to look through the lens that says, hey, what can I give you? You are greater. Pretend that everybody's Jesus. And you begin to do that, the authority will skyrocket. It's awesome. All right? Last thing. If you 
uh, last thing I've learned about authority is you can actually grow in authority. You can. You, there's people in your life where you look at them and you go, I want what they want. Or I want, I want what they have. How, how do I get that? So you can see there's this, this distinction of authority. But we've all, we all are in the family, so we all get that same opportunity. But other, some people tend to tap into it a little bit more. So how, how, do, you, how do you actually tap into it? Here's, here's what I've learned. I think this is so key. Your authority will never outgrow your character. It will never outgrow your character. Your, your authority grows in relation to your character. And so in our world, we see people promoted in authority all the time that don't have great character. But we're not talking about the world. We're talking about the kingdom. And so in the kingdom, God looks at character. And he says, do you have character? Oh, great. Your authority is just going to increase. And so if we had like a bucket of water in here, and I, and I just kind of like put my finger in the bucket, pretending the water is like authority, that the, the water level is not going to increase, right? You understand that. So if I have a really shallow relationship with Jesus, it's, nothing's going to happen. But the deeper, the deeper I grow with Jesus, the more intimate I am with him, the more my character is actually going to grow. And so as I push deeper with God, my character begins to grow. And because I go deeper, my authority grows. Because that's the only way you'll get character. If, if you think, oh, I'm going to grow in character by just trying to be less bad, the only thing you will ever get is less bad. If you instead turn your focus to the complete opposite, opposite direction and say, I'm going to put in things, I'm going to put in great things, I'm going to put in God, it will push out the bad character. And so the deeper you go, the, the, the more important uh, and more, more authority that you can have. Let's just pretend that Jesus popped in the service right now and sat down right next to you. You look over at him, what do you do? What do you do? You freak out? You start apologizing? Do you, do you bow down? Are, 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 you, are you going crazy? Can you not focus? Do you tune me out? Listen, I know, here's what I know about being in a relationship with people. That the more intimate you are with somebody, the more you're just used to being around them. So, for instance, like if, if my wife walks into church, like we're in a really close relationship. When she walks into church and she sits down right next to me, I'll look over at her. I'll, I know she's right there. I'll, I'll smile at her. I might wink at her because she looks good. But other than that, I'm not like introducing myself. Hey, how are you doing? My name is Caleb Staten. Rachel, it's great to meet you. <laughs> like that's uh, just awkward because you know that the level of the relationship is so much deeper than that. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus. If, if you want to grow in, a, in an intimate relationship with Jesus, you've got to be with him all the time. If you're just doing 15 minutes in the morning, you, you're going to have to introduce yourself when Jesus walks in the room. If you want to walk with Jesus and you want to be around him uh, all the time, you don't have to introduce yourself because you've been talking to him all along. You can just say, hey, what's up, man? I'm going to focus again. And then you guys will go to lunch, hang out, and talk about it. That's just what friends do. And so we, if you want to be on that type of, of level, you've got to look at yourself and say, what would happen if Jesus walked in the room? Would I have to introduce myself? And if you do, just grow deeper and go intimate. If, 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 if I'm doing this and I'm saying, hey, this is what you need to do, I'm saying go home and you read the Gospels and read it over and read it over and read it over. Because if we want to know what Jesus can do in our life, we have to know what Jesus did. And so you got to read. And so don't go home and say, oh, the pastor said I can go do this because that's what Jesus said. No, don't do that. Walk on this. I don't, I don't do that. I, I don't walk in my own authority. I'm walking on the authority of Scripture. And so if you really want to actually walk in authority, just dive into this. 
Literally, the more, one time I, I began to read the Gospels, I read all four Gospels every week, just for a period of time, because I, I wanted it. You know what happened? And this is crazy. Miracles happen. It was like, the more I was into this, the more things happened. The more my authority grew. The things that I asked for began to happen, because it wasn't coming out of my heart, it was coming out of his heart. And so we can think that this is some old, dusty book But man, when you get into it, get ready. Get ready to go. That's the best, I'd say it's one of the single best ways. If you're walking out of here and you say, I want to grow in authority, yeah. That's how you do it. It's so easy. Everything, this I just want to encourage you. I'm going to invite the band to come up. I I just want to encourage you today. This is not, everything that I'm talking about, it's not like I could never have that. No, I want you to know that you can't. I'm not something special. I just said, this is what Jesus said, and I want to do it. This is, what Jesus, this is who Jesus says I am, so I'm going to act like it. This is the family that I am, so i gotta, I got to uphold the standard. It's, it's so much fun. There's so much power. It's, it, it's, just, it's too great to follow Jesus when you're walking in authority. I, I, can't, I can't. I'll just go on and on and on. I could preach forever, but I'm not going to, so don't be worried. It's so much fun to follow Jesus. And he's going around and he's looking around the world and saying, hey, who wants to go? Does anybody want to want to do some things with me? I want to go shake up the world. I wanna go, I'm still alive. I'm still in, on the throne and I want to I take over the world. Who's with me? And, and he's looking for people that will just throw the baggage away and walk forward and say, I don't know anything, but use me. <laughs> Great, I'll use you. And I'm actually, instead of you not knowing anything, I'm going to actually show you the things. So you don't have to not know anything. But we just got to first throw the bad identity out and start walking like the family. And we can see some great things happen. I just want you to bow your heads here real quick. I want you to make a decision. To walk in authority. Because there's so much better. We don't, we don't want to end at the cross. Because <laughs> Jesus isn't there anymore. The cross is actually the starting point. The cross is when we get power. The cross is when we get authority. That's when we get to start running. That's when we get to go. So maybe today you're, you're saying, man, I want to I grow in authority, but I don't even know if I'm in the family. Well, join the family. <laughs> join it today. Just tell Jesus you want to be in the family, that you believe in him, and you want to see him do great things in your life. You want to be used. There's no, nothing special. Just say, hey, God, use me. I want to be in the family. Maybe some of you are, are sitting there thinking, I need to get rid of this, my bad identity. Well, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that that bad identity is gone and that you begin to hear from God the whispers of who he says you are. That's what I pray. And then maybe for some of you, you want to uh, be able to walk in more love. <laughs> Say, God, I need more love. Give me more love. Other, others of you said, God, I need humility. Help me to see through the lens that you see people. Give that to me. Help me walk in that right now. And then maybe some of you say, hey, I, wanna, I, need, I need to grow in character. And I need to grow in character because I need to grow deeper with Jesus. Well, I pray that God would give you a deeper passion than you've ever had before for him. Because the deeper you go, you go with God, the more authority you walk in. So make a, make a decision today. And here's what I think. I think authority is real bold. It's just so bold. And so I'm going to ask you to step out in boldness, not because we don't care what other people think. We think what God thinks about us. 
and we're, we're more afraid of him than other people. So if you made a decision today just to say, I'm going to walk in authority no matter what it is, I just want you to stand up where you're at and, and, and just so I can pray for you. Because I, I feel like I've been able to, to walk in authority. And if, and if you want to walk in that authority more, I just want you to stand and say, Jesus, use me. People have been standing all day. Because <laughs> we want to be a church that walks in authority. Amen. Stand. If you feel anything in your heart right now, just stand up. You don't have to know the answers. You just got to know that you are called. We'll figure that out later, but just say, hey, use me. Just use me. God, I want to pray for the people in this room that have made a decision to walk in authority. I pray that the chains that are holding them, that they, they would fall off in the name of Jesus, that the enemy would have no more power. I pray for those that want to go deeper with you. I pray that you would show them more love than ever before. I pray, I pray that our character as a church would be just molded by a relationship with you. I want to pray for the people that have never felt the love of Jesus. I pray that they would begin to, to just feel it like never before and that it wouldn't just go away when they walk out, but it would just be so in them because we are sons and daughters of God. God, grow our love. Help us to be humble. Show us who you are. That's what we want. We love you, and it's such an awesome thing to be able to follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing.